0: Welcome to The Space Between, the middle path between East and West, psychology and spirituality, high performance, and inner peace.
1: Hi, and welcome to The Space Between podcast. I'm Katie Cheadle, here with my co-host, Clint Monfort. And today, we're going to be talking about the enemies of flow. Clint, how's it going?
0: I am doing really well. How are you?
1: I'm good. How was the lake this weekend?
0: It was fun. Yeah, I went to Lake Nascimento. It was just this really, like, Really remote, um, beautiful, serene lake. And yeah, just just got away for a couple of days and unplugged with some family. And so, yeah, it was nice.
1: So nice. I'm ready for some family time next weekend. Um, feels feels good that the world's opening back up. The, it, the energy it, shift is really,
0: real. Yeah, it feels so good. Like I walked into a place up there without a mask on or without a mask on. The workers didn't have mask on. I haven't right. experienced that in like 14 or 15 months. So yeah, it felt pretty cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm pumped for this conversation because it wasn't long ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, you and I were, you know, working on a, a pretty intensive workshop around flow state for high performance mm-hmm. um, as part of the work we're doing with Evolve. And I want to tap into this one component of it today on the podcast of what gets in the way of flow. But I want to, I want to see, you know, I think flow can be so elusive and hard to understand. What do you think is the most Simple way of explaining flow.
0: Flow to me means just kind of, I guess, when you're in the zone, right? When your work and what we're doing just seems to happen almost effortlessly. Mm. So we're not having to try too hard, just like, wow, I am just like crushing my work right now, which is happening like automatically, right?
1: Right. And I think many of us can think about times in our life where we have experienced that. And I think. Uh, Maybe we haven't been reflective enough or taken a step back to get curious about why was I in flow? What was happening to get me there, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of times are, I mean, at least with me, I mean, I, I, I realized that I was in it and I don't really know what caused me to get there. And I just, I think I just thought for a long time that like, oh, it just happens sometimes, right? And I just, you know, enjoy it when it comes along.
1: Right, right, right. And so today we're not going to be talking as much about the ways to get into flow, but we're going to talk about the enemies of flow. And not surprising, the first one I want to dive into is multitasking. Mm. And I think, you know, most of us at this point in time understand that multitasking is not the best way of doing things. But I think there was some messaging we used to get maybe, you know, a few decades ago about multitasking being a valuable skill. Right. Um, do you multitask? Where do you see this show
0: up? I mean, I remember growing up thinking like, oh, I need to get better at multitasking. I need to get better at multitasking. And I would get so distracted with things and I would slow me down from doing things. But yeah, I mean, I just showed it up with just like I think the way that I saw it happening, just like simple things on my daily to-do list, right? Where I'm like, oh, well, this is well, you know, I'm in the middle of this. I have 30 seconds. Let's go off and do this task for a minute. Right. And I thought. I just need to get better at doing this. Right. And I, I remember kind of hearing that or, or thinking that was a valuable skill. And then when I got a little older and started reading about, you know, how multitasking like is a terrible idea. Um, and it just basically means you do two things poorly. Right. Um, I was so relieved. I was really surprised to to read that because I, I don't remember like hearing that growing up.
1: Yeah. It's like one thing at a time. Right. Right. Um, I read emotional agility for like the second time, a couple of weeks ago, as part of our, you know, read a book a week challenge, right. and Susan David shared some interesting research that when we multitask, we're essentially operating almost like a drunk driver. There's a lot of research saying that there is similarity to being like under the influence versus the results you get when you're multitasking. It's like you said, you're doing two things poorly.
0: Right, right, it's wow, wild.
1: Yeah, so you we're not going to be able to get in flow if we're texting a family member and then going back into writing and then, Oh, I need to go buy this on Amazon really quick. Like, Mm -hmm. right. So how do you set up an environment where you don't multitask? Is it just being intentional or what do you, what do you think you can do to alleviate that? I don't know, not the need to multitask, but the, it's a temptation.
0: Right. Right. I mean, things that I have found work for me a little bit is, you know, either time blocking or setting aside time to work on some certain thing or even with just, or even not, if I'm not going to do a whole time block, but say there's some, some I doesn't want to get done around the house. Uh, maybe I set a timer for a certain amount of time where I'm just going to work on this for this time period. And I, you know, in, I noticed that when I would, you know, step aside, like you said, to respond to a text or an answer a text, it seems like it seems really harmless in the moment, but really what happens is, you're not just stepping away to, you're not just breaking your concentration for that. Once you start getting into that mode of like, I'm sending a text, now our thought process starts spiraling about, you know, what we're going to say next or what that what what that is relating to, what plans it's relating to. And it can just really take us out of, you know, being in the zone from what we are working on, even though that the task itself is now done. It's not out of mind though.
1: Right, right. I know in our conversation with Alexis, um, mm-hmm. she talked about this a little bit about like you know mom mom texting, and then being like, oh, can you help me find this thing? And you're like researching it, and then mm-hmm. as you're researching it, an ad pops up, Perfect. and then it's like, oh, let me look at that. That looks cool. And then before you know it, forty five minutes are gone, and you haven't done the thing.
0: Right? Yeah. It's so difficult. I think that the modern technology is like really like shined a light on like how bad it is to multitask because maybe back in the day we didn't have as many things pulling us in different directions so it was a little bit easier but now like you said when when the thing that we're trying to multitask is on is a device that within itself has like four other things that are going to distract us once we go in there right email ads whatever it's like it, it really like made us realize how much we really need to not multitask and just do the one thing at a time right and
1: i see that even like in our work meetings like it's so much easier for me to be effective if my phone is in my bag Mm -hmm. right because even though i'm not intentionally trying to text and respond to emails if it's lighting up Mm -hmm. as we're doing a project then all of a sudden i'm i'm multitasking and that wasn't even my intention right so i think setting our environment up like you said with time blocking Mm -hmm. or even literally like putting things that could be deterrence like away i think Mm -hmm. that's huge
0: no that is huge and it's like even if as you're talking about having the the phone out or whatever, and I'm like looking over to my phone right now and I just set it outside out of view because even if it's not going to light up, just the very fact that it's there mm-hmm. might make me think about like, oh, I need to text this person just because I'm looking at the phone. Like it doesn't need to be out at all. So like the more out of sight things can be, the better it is for keeping our minds focused.
1: Yes. Yeah, so take control of your environment and one thing at a time, I think is big here, right?
0: yes yes and it's like you know it's kind of like slow and steady wins the race because we think that we need to do this this and this all at the same time it's like nope you might feel like you're being less productive by just doing the one thing at a time but you are going to be more productive and you're going to like just use less bandwidth while you're doing it right like you're not going to be pulled in so many directions so it's going to like enable us to like have less stress and have more energy so that like it's kind of like we we don't see the obvious benefits of it but it happens
1: yes and then there's like a different creative quality that expresses itself right because i think if i think you know you and i've been doing a lot of writing for our business lately and researching i think if i am in flow um i'm so much more present so there's like a depth of creativity i can tap into versus if i'm texting and then coming back to the work it's like There's the quality. There's just a a lesser quality component, right? Yes,
0: yes, absolutely.
1: Um, The second enemy of flow that I want to talk about today is stress, and we've got to acknowledge what is causing us stress in our lives. So I think sometimes we go to do a work project, and again, we're—I'm—I think we're going to use writing a lot as an example today for getting into flow. But we open up our computer, and we're trying to get in our flow with our work, but there is stress, right? And so I think we have to acknowledge what our stressors are, and again, um, intentionally set it up so that our environment isn't going to make that stress so apparent, right? And I think even what you just did with the phone, it's like, oof, if my phone's there, that might stir up a little stress if I'm tripping out on crypto, or mm-hmm. I know that my sister's in a crisis, or man, my buddy is going through a lot right now, I want to be available to him. Yes. So how how do you think people can mindfully acknowledge their stress and enter a space that's, I'm putting up air quotes, stress-free so that they can get into flow. Well,
0: that's a really, that's a really good one. I'm curious what you're going to have to say here also, Mm -hmm. but things that come up for me when you're talking about that is like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, we want to have our, our, our head be clear. Right. And so like, if things are fully on our minds or like, we're worrying about having to do something, then it's going to be really, really hard to be present enough to get into flow. And so I think I think two things can be really helpful. One of them is to okay, if it's something that's really gonna like just stay on top of your mind and it's gonna take two seconds, just get it done before you start, right? Love that. Like if you really, really need to do it. Or the other option is like you know, hey, before you start, just take a pad of paper and jot down the things that you're worried about or whatever, and then schedule time in your day to do them, right? Like, hey, I'm gonna, I know I need to do all this, but. You know, from like four four to four fifteen, I'm going to respond to these three texts that are weighing on my mind or whatever it's going to be. Right. So like like getting them out of your head and to where like then you feel like, okay, I've set aside time to do this. And it's just going to allow your mind to be more present.
1: Yes, I think um, some of that feels a little reactive to me, right? Because we've let our stress build up. And I think stress is a part of life, but I would encourage anyone who hasn't listened to Clint's and my episode on mindfulness for stress, right? I think if we have some really good practices in place that maybe our stress doesn't get to this level at work, but I think we have to we have to realize that things do happen and life does, we do have sick kids and we right. do have, mm-hmm. you know, expenses we weren't expecting or that's just a part of it, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think, being really creative with setting up our environment to support our success and minimize the stress is is key. And I think that looks different for different people. Like maybe it's so like, journaling
0: or yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to ask like what it looks like for you. Like what would you yeah. do to minimize stress during it or what sort of like stressors are you combating and how do you deal with them?
1: Yeah. I think like for me proactively, I think addressing whatever's coming up in my life in therapy or with a coach, or even if it's a girlfriend of like, Oh my God, like that place to just get it out. So we're not carrying it. Maybe that is journaling. Right. But I think if, if we're carrying stress and a burden into our work, it's like, it needs to be released in some way. Right. Um, I think if I have a lot of stress before I get into flow, getting a workout in, right. Mm-hmm. Like relieving stress in that way is really helpful for yes. me.
0: Yes. That is huge. Yeah. So I feel like we've kind of like, we identified a couple of different things there. One of them is like the the like things to do that we're worried about that are take that are occupying our headspace and the other one is like emotions, how we're feeling things that could like, you know, cause our thoughts to spiral out of control and ruminate or whatever or worry. And so there's those are kind of like two different distinct things that can be causing us stress or worry or anxiety and keep us from being present. So Yes. Yeah.
1: Mindfulness is the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, Just like being
0: aware of it. Right, being like, aware. Like what? What is it that's in my head right now before I'm going to start? And then, okay, what can I do to you know to alleviate these? And maybe it's scheduling time to do them. Maybe it's taking a few minutes to journal. Right. Yes. Yes.
1: Because when we are doing our work stress pulls us out of it right because it creates so much anxiety i'm not able to focus if my head's somewhere else so we can't possibly be in flow if we're operating in like that stressful space
0: definitely not no we've all i mean i'm sure we've all tried to do it it's really it doesn't it doesn't work you right. know, we might get some work done but it's not not our optimal way of working
1: right right and flow is all about like the optimal way of working. Right. right? And, um, that leads me to, to the third topic here, which is fear of failure. So Mm if I'm freaking out about what I'm writing, not being good, or people are going to think I'm dumb, or this is a bad idea, how could I possibly get, get into flow? Um, so there's a flavor of really having courage. Um, and I think that we, first, we got to let go of our need to be perfect. Um, you can't dive into a project so rigid and wanting it to be perfect. Otherwise you're not allowing the creative juices to be expressed. Um, are you a perfectionist, Clint?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I mean, that's something I've struggled with a, a lot throughout my life mm-hmm. is wanting things to be perfect and, you know, trying, it, it's something that I can see myself. I've, I've seen the progress I've made where, um, you know, it's again, coming back to the mindfulness of like, is this something where perfection is even really required Ooh. um but yeah i've tried to let, let go of that because it just it just it can just be hindering and weigh us down and stop us from actually being productive
1: right right you know i'm gonna digress for a second but sure. over the weekend I, I was telling you i took that uh ray dalio oh, right. principles assessment i'm not a perfectionist and as i was doing this like I was like, oh, I think Clint definitely is. So I think Mm -hmm.
0: that's a good
1: counterbalance for us. us. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, when we're attached to perfection, we limit our ability to be creative and innovative. Um, We're placing too much attention on evaluating our work, judging it and assessing, um, is this good enough, right? And so then we're like operating in a place of like frustration and judgment versus Mm -hmm. freedom and excitement. So I think fear of failure is like so, it's just it's it, it it can permeate right, yeah, um, and a part of getting into flow is the realization that we can fail mm-hmm. and we're gonna be okay <laughs> right, like this could not be my best work, but we're still okay, so let me like keep going, and I think that's difficult sometimes,
0: it's such a hard thing to do, yeah, I mean, how like it sounds like he's easy to say and do that, but how do you actually like do that in practice? Right.
1: Right. Right. And you know, some of, I think this was in Jim quicks, book, limitless, but um, he said, lack of perfection is a clear indicator that you're pushing yourself the way you need to, because (laughs) isn't that so good.
0: That's such a good quote. Yeah, Yeah. Because if you aren't, if you aren't failing and like doing things the wrong way, then you just aren't trying hard enough. You're not, not trying hard enough in that sense, but you're not, you're not you're not pushing your boundaries you're not trying new things the right way right because if you never experience any failures then you're just you're just going the easier route, right or you're going so 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 slow that you never have a failure and that's just like there's no way you're op- operating your optimal speed right yeah
1: so i've like personally wanted to have like a mindset shift to my own life of like failure rocks yeah like failures, like hell yeah katie like you 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 pushed yourself you pushed yourself right mm-hmm. um you pushed the limits like you went to a place where you didn't know if you were going to be successful or not it didn't work right you learn failure is pretty rad in that sense because we cannot evolve if we're not failing
0: definitely and like you and I talked about it with like culture we want <laughs> to instill with our business right and I I can't remember which book it was in but I know you and I have talked about it about like um there's companies out there that rather than celebrating successes. They literally take time to celebrate failures.
1: Right. And that is an
0: amazing thing to think about doing, right? Like that is so counterintuitive, but they really do take the time to praise the failures.
1: Right. Because if we don't fail, we are not taking risks. If we do not take risks, we're not going to create anything too exciting.
0: Right. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And
1: so anyone out there who wants to be a change maker... You're going to fail.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and you got to be okay with that in order to be in flow. So I think that's, I think that's interesting for all of us to kind of sit with and explore. Um, the fourth enemy of flow is lack of conviction. So if you're dwelling in doubt about your abilities or your purpose or your why, you're not going to be able to get into flow. Um, and so some questions that are good to ask yourself before taking on a task is, do I have the skills to do this? Do I have the skills? Um, do I have all the information to do this? Mm-hmm. And do I have enough passion for the project? And so I think like taking a moment, just con- connecting to your why, right? You and I talk a lot about like being intentional. Um, I, th- I think that's a-, a big part of getting in flow because sometimes writing's hard. Sometimes doing the work is hard and like having something to come back to of like, oh, this is why we're doing it, that pushes you through those moments of resistance.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: How would you, um, I don't know, Clint, like let's say you're coaching somebody and they're struggling with this. Would you, How would you help them find their conviction and purpose?
0: Um, I mean, it's interesting when you're talking to people to like, you know, to explore what they're passionate about, what gets them going. When you, when you have conversations with people, you can find out what lights them up. Right. And so it's a matter of like, you know, when people are, identifying what lights them up, you know, and then kind of like you, you kind of see their, their skill sets come out, right. That are kind of related to things that light them up. And so it's, it's a matter of then like, you know, helping them get to a point where they understand like how, what they're doing for what, what they're doing or working on is tied to these things. Right. Yes,
1: Yeah. It's all interconnected. Yes. Yes. I'm doing the, um, Amanda Bucci has this 10 days to um, self-awareness. Like, so there's these activities and these videos you watch and it's for entrepreneurs. And for every part of my business, every project I have, I wrote the podcast down. It asks you, what are your core drivers for doing the podcast? What are your core drivers for your group that you're doing in your coaching business? What are your core drivers for Evolve? Right. Right. And then what is your intention? Like, what is your vision? How do you Uh want to impact the world? And it was, Such a beautiful practice for me to go through and to dive into. And I realized that maybe I had been operating with a little bit of a lack of conviction because I wasn't crystal clear on my why behind all these projects that I have my hands in. And I feel personally, today is a Monday. Clint and I record our podcast on Mondays. Um, I feel so inspired this week because I am clear. I'm like, this is why I'm doing this project. And this mm-hmm. is why we're doing the podcast. And this is my intention. And I think if we can take the time to do that inner work, man, I'm pumped up this week. <laughs> totally. yeah, no, I love
0: that. And it's so great that you did that. And I think it's when I, when you're talking about that, I'm hearing two parts of it. right. One is like the like, like identifying them and being clear, getting clear on our whys. But then another one is like taking the like time or having some sort of practice where we regularly reconnect with them, right? Like, I mean, there's also making sure our whys haven't changed, right? But it, but it's also just like connecting what we're doing to our whys. Like here's why I'm doing this. And so, you know, that's an interesting thing to to do and set up in a practice because again, I get I've gotten lost in some of this stuff too, as we're like, you know, I'm going through a coaching program and and starting a business with business with you and doing a podcast. And sometimes it can be like, oh my gosh, I have all these things to do. And if I don't take that pause to get connected to like why I'm doing this and why I love doing these things and why I like literally when I could have done anything chose to do this up in the first place. Um, yeah. It can, it can, it can take away from like our, not only like our, like, you know, our drive to do it, but then like just the quality of which, of, of how we show up to do those things. Right. right. So it's really important for for ourselves obviously, but also for like, you know, the people we're wanting to, to work with and serve to to really reconnect so that we can show up as our best selves when we're doing our work.
1: Right. No half-assing.
0: Right. <laughs> yes, yes. Everything I just said, just no half-assing. Right. And right. I think
1: too, one of the cool things in the program, this 10-day program I'm doing, I'm on day three right now. I, I think that um, having no shame mm-hmm. in what's driving you. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes if there's a driver of, Money or there's mm-hmm. a driver you and I are doing seventy five hard. I am not doing it for vanity reasons, but mm-hmm. let's say it was like I, I wanted don't. to lose five pounds or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would be like embarrassed to say that, right? right. So knowing what's driving you and having no shame mm-hmm. in your game and really owning it because sometimes we we bullshit ourselves right. of why we're doing something.
0: Right. Yeah. It's that's interesting. A, that's a good point. Yeah. Because there is the, there's the why that we want that maybe we think we should be saying, but what's our actual why. Right. Dude. Um, so that's, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. You're, you're making me think about, about how I want to like, you know, the next time I revisit these issues, when I journal or something like really making sure I'm clear on this, or is it like, this is what I'm accustomed to saying in response to this, or is this, this is what, like, you know, society would say is our why for doing something right. But like, no, deep down, like, yo, yo what is this? What is this really fulfilling in, in, in me?
1: Yes. So good. I think we just gave you guys some journal prompts. I want to go <laughs> journal about this too. Definitely. Um, and I think this got perfect segue, Clint, to the next one, which is ego. Because yeah. our ego sneaky.
0: Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Our ego's so It manipulates, it lies, it does everything it can be to be in control.
1: Oh, yeah. And it convinces us mm-hmm. like of our own bullshit.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So the ego shows up as a block um, a lot of times from getting into flow. So instead of flow is, you know, Clint alluded to it at the beginning of the podcast, but flow is um, really like getting lost in the process of the work. It is not like, it is not, I mean, imagine a river flowing, right? Like it is just ideas are coming to you. Um, you're, you're able to execute at a really high level. You're feeling challenged. You're feeling stimulated. Right. Um, and the ego blocks that because the ego comes in and is like, do I care what, how I look right now? (laughs) How much money is this project making me? Like, am I the smartest one in the room? Like, right. It's like all of these, all of these things. Um, and so we've got to check our ego a little bit. And I think journaling is a beautiful way of checking our ego. I think therapy is a beautiful way of checking your ego. I think sometimes our really good friends or our partners, but really we've got to do the inner work to be like, what is my truth? What is my deepest intention for this? Like what, what is really happening here? Because if we don't ask ourselves that, man, the ego runs the show.
0: Oh, it definitely does. And at the time that I, as you're talking about this, like when I go away from like a meditation practice and I don't do it for a while, I notice that that's when my ego is running the show. When I'm meditating regularly and like taking that pause to like observe my thoughts, it's so easy for it to not run the show because we sit there and we observe what it's doing, right? right. And so, but if we don't take the time to observe what it's doing, it's just so easy to get lost in it.
1: Right, I think about like, my um, time as an athlete. Right. And if I was so caught up in like, man, I want to be batting fourth. I want to hit home runs today. That Mm -hmm. is the ego. Like I want my teammates to think I'm a badass. I want mom and dad to be proud of me. Like, right. Right. Um, when it comes to high performance, ego is not bad. It kind of needs to exist a little bit. Right. But How do we take a step back and enjoy the process? Because if I am so obsessed with mom and dad being proud of me or hitting home runs, I can't be in flow because I'm so connected to that outcome, right? So for us to be really dedicated to the process, we have to release our attachment to the outcome.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. That's so interesting though, like what you're talking about, how like you do use that, like that, that sense of ego to like drive us a little bit but then like so how are, how would how are you suggesting because I know you work with, with athletes like how do you get them to like to a point where they are able to use that as a driver but they're not being attached to the outcomes because it sounds a little bit counterintuitive to me it yeah. sounds like it sounds like they are having to worry about these ex- they are thinking about these external things as drivers but then you're saying not to so can you just like yeah. elaborate on that a little I
1: think bit? dude I think your favorite athlete embodies this Kobe right, right. like Kobe wanted to be the greatest Mm -hmm. of all time. Mm -hmm. Kobe wanted to win championships. Mm -hmm. Kobe lost himself in the game, right? right? He was in flow when he Uh was performing because he's not like, I got to, you know, (laughs) I got to stroke 40 points tonight. Like he's not, it's losing yourself in the process. So I think it's like, yes, I want to be the freaking best. Mm -hmm. Yes, I want my team to win. Spending the time proactively visualizing like Mm -hmm. what that looks like, what it's going to feel like. Mm -hmm. But when you're out there, it's one moment at a time, right? right. Everything we talked about with like multi it comes back to that mindfulness mm-hmm. component.
0: So it's kind of like, yeah, I want these things and I even want these external things. And even if it's things that we might think are, as long as it's true for us, right. It's like, you know, I want this because I'm going to get a huge contract and a lot of money. I want this because I'm going to get these accolades or fame or whatever. Right. And then, and then, and then coming up with, okay, I want those things. So here's the process I'm going to come up with to get there. And now that I've established that process that I'm doing it, now I'm going to let go of what actually happens. And I'm just going to be 100% committed to doing the process. Right?
1: Yes. Yes. Right. right. And and I that I think, makes sense. I think in our podcast with Markel, he said that he had a really cool uh, quote. I hope you guys listened to that. Um, but he said something about like having a plan or having a goal, but letting go of the how, right. right. Like kind of like, Trust, like, no, like, if I go work hard, like, I know I want this money. I know I want this account. Mm-hmm. I know I want to sign this big guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the work, mm-hmm. but then I'm just going to, like, lose myself in the process. I don't know all the details. Like, Kobe doesn't know when he steps on the court right. that I'm going to score 40 points or 20 points or right. what it's going so to it's be. So it's kind right?
0: of getting out of your head while you're doing it, not, like, overanalyzing it and just kind of, like, I'm just going to show up and then I'm just going to keep doing the work and keep going forward as good as I can and... And, and trust that like I, this is going to move me in the right direction right, right? right. and then that's what allows us when we're doing that right to to kind of be in our flow and be in our optimal work state right yeah
1: and i think like for a poker player uh-huh. even i'm thinking of some kobe games i've watched uh-huh. back in the day um ego does sneak in mm-hmm. he misses some shots oh he's he's frustrated mm-hmm. he's tilting a little bit he's gonna keep egos coming in it's like oh yeah, man like eat- i
0: yelling at the refs complaining at the refs or whatever like even where like I, I, i've seen this happen with him right and it, all, all people have it where it's yes. like he missed some shot or did something bad and it's like ego comes in it's like oh i must have been fouled there because there's no way i would have missed that shot that badly and you look at the replay I'm like nobody got fouled right. you know
1: or or like you start forcing shots that aren't your shot because right. it's like you're so frustrated right right, right. Mm-hmm. um
0: just trying to like well, I want to make myself feel better by, 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 by doing something that's going to make me feel good, even though it's not the optimal thing for, you know, for my game or for the team or whatever. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's a good example. And Sorry I was, to throw Kobe on the bus. Kobe, you're still my no, hero, buddy. No,
1: I, freaking <laughs> best. And like he has a meditation, like most of the time he was able to stay regulated and like fiery and in his zone and yeah. in his flow, but we're human.
0: 100%. <laughs> even Kobe. A hundred percent. And honestly, like Kobe <laughs> would be the first to acknowledge this and how it shows up. And it's like, Yeah. Of course that happens and you just keep working at to get better the next day and just be, you know, 1% better the next day. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I think a cool thing to note here before we step out, step away from the ego is, you know, after we are done with a writing session where we were in flow or after Kobe (laughs) puts up 60 points in the game or wins, you know, wins another championship, it's okay to say, damn, I did that. (laughs) Like I, crushed it, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to acknowledge that, um, but it needs to be on the sideline during Mm -hmm. the task at hand. Otherwise it slows us down, we're too in our head, we're disconnected from the process. But I think like, man, that's one of the coolest things about this human experience and earth school, as I like to talk about Mm -hmm. it, it's like, it's fun. It's fun to close an account, win a game, Get paid, buy the thing, get a good result, get an A if you're a student. Mm -hmm. All that's badass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's fun.
0: (laughs) As you're talking about that, it's like literally a perfect example came up that for me with with Kobe. Okay, that 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 shows what you're talking about. How like yeah, when it happens and you get it, yeah, you can own it and you can kind of like whatever that means for you. But like you don't let it happen during this time during the time that you're going through it. A perfect example with him was when do you remember when Shaq did that like that rap video or whatever he was at a club and he freestyled about kobe and it was like he, i mean he, i know
1: a little bit about shaq's he rap would, career he would, but he would, <laughs> no, no
0: this was a freestyle <laughs> at a club and it was when kobe lost the championship in 2008 right and shaq was doing a rap and he was like he's mocking kobe for not being able to win without him right and then shaq goes kobe tell me how my ass tastes like no joke that is literally stop what he said at the club and he had the whole club Clint, chanting I'm, right
1: i'm kay, dying okay can so, I YouTube this?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. It's fine. I'm dead. So yeah, it's it's amazing. And then and then uh, uh, and then Kobe though. So Shaq had four championships that time, right? Kobe never retaliated. Never said a word. Didn't say anything. Laughed it off, right? What did he do? He went out and won, and you know it motivated him. He went out and won the championship the next two years in a row. Never said a word, anything. In the press conference right after that, they asked him. They said, Kobe. Does this championship mean anything more to you? What does this one mean to you mean to you? And he goes, It means I have one more than Shaq, and you can take that to the bank. (laughs) And that's all he ever said. And that's all (laughs) he ever said, right? It's just like, yep, you know. So he he used it as a target. He, you know, he he let that motivate him. But then he did not get distracted by it. He did not talk about it, nothing at all. He just laser locked in. And when the time was right. He would allow himself to acknowledge it yeah. and enjoy it. And I bet you know, it felt good. Oh, I sure <laughs> did, right? So anyway, I thought you'd like that. Yeah, I
1: love that. I love that. Yeah, you know, I think a big key in all the flow research is that uh, it's it's intrinsically rewarding right like we're not so caught up on the external it's like we actually like the process and if we don't we're not going to be in flow mm-hmm. and i think some of these greats kobe lebron i mean we could talk about other sports too they love the process. the process they love the process yeah
0: you know and as you're saying that like it's i think that can be really challenging i know that i struggle with this sometimes too it's like okay i know the process of these things that are gonna make me get into flow and that like feel good but sometimes it can be hard to like It can be hard to stay in love with the process when you're like, oh my gosh, I got to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. It can feel tedious. And so like, do you have any advice or thoughts or like experience to offer on how you help stay in love with the process?
1: Yeah, I think like, I think we're going to talk about this in some of the next ones. And I think we even talked about it a little bit with lack of conviction, but like, man, remembering your why. So for Kobe, maybe it's like on the days he doesn't feel like practicing or didn't feel like practicing um, or LeBron it's like, man, like I want to show up, but like my body's hurt or it's Mm. a lot or man, I'm not feeling it. This is a grind. Looking up at the championships, maybe that motivates you Mm. or like looking at your children being like, I'm doing this to build a legacy or whatever. I think connecting to the why on those days is so important.
0: Again, it's connecting your process to your why's, right? And so like it can help. Yeah. Just, just that quick reminder. It can be even just like a set of moment of an intention or whatever. Right. So like, you know, maybe it's Maybe it's, you know, before I enter in to do this for the day, like there's just something that's going to remind me. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a note on the back of your phone or it's when you walk under a doorway or something. It's like, oh, when I step in here to do this, this is why I'm doing it right. And it can just give you that, that it can give us that extra little spark or connection or where we don't feel so burdened by it necessarily.
1: Right. Dorothy Parker's quote that you, I think you've heard me say, I'm just obsessed with it, but it's like. I hate writing. I love having written. Mm -hmm. And that's just so good because it's like, man, sometimes like when you're at the computer, there's that resistance, right? But man, it feels so good, right? Right. Like when you're, and sometimes it's like, yeah, going to the gym, that's not the best feeling. But when you see the gains or you see your body transforming, it feels good. I think even with a lot of the stuff we're building with Evolve, it's like, there's some resistance sometimes, or it's difficult to do the work, but then you get into flow, and then the end result feels so good. <laughs> right.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, and it, it can happen. It can happen on days when we're not feeling it, and then yeah. we start getting into it, connect to it, and then in it, we're like, whoa, 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 I didn't even think I was going to be capable of this today.
1: Clint, but... can you tell the story of Key?
0: Oh, yeah, This yeah, is yeah. like this the is...
1: best example here, I think.
0: Okay, yeah, and I'm sorry, sorry, Key, if I butcher the story a little bit, but yeah, so... Key was our guest a few episodes back. If you guys haven't listened to the episode with Key, it's um, Shattering Our Limiting Beliefs with Key Lee. And it's uh, a really, really good interview. I've gotten a lot of good feedback on it from people who have listened to that one. And, um, but yeah, so my friend Key was, uh, he was, he's training for a marathon just on his own, not as part of a big race, just going to do it on his own. And he had an injury, so he wasn't able to run and for uh, quite a while, and then he was slowly starting to get back into it. And so, you know, not as in good running shape as he had been, And, you know, he just started up to like longer, like an eight mile run or whatever. And he was going to, you know, do, do a longer run the next day and try to do it at a faster pace. And he woke up and his body was just like hurting because he just, he's just getting back into this and maybe he'd overdone it. Right. And so he woke up thinking like, I, this is, I I should listen to my body. This should be an off day for me. Right. Like maybe I shouldn't run today at all because this is not feeling right. You know? And then, but he said, he told himself, let's just get out there and let's just, at least give it a you know whatever we'll, we'll we'll make some effort to run and see how we feel right. So he's going to do an eight mile run. The first mile is going to be a warm up. The last mile is going to be a cool down. So it's like six miles in the middle, right? And so he wanted to run at a, a fast pace, faster than he'd been running during this time at all. And so he gets out there, he runs, and he runs that that mile number two, and uh, he tries to run it at seven minutes and thirty seconds. When I think he had said he, at that point in time, he was running him at like eight and a half minute miles. And so he's like uh, trying to really up it by a lot. And so the he runs the first mile at seven minutes and 30 seconds, right? And then he, uh, through doing that, he feels like, oh my God, my body is totally dying. There's definitely no way I can run this pace the whole way, right? And so he's gonna not plan to run that fast at all. Just try to get the, at least complete the eight miles now that he's out there, right? So he writes that first mile in and then he's like, well, let me just see if I can go another 30 seconds at this pace, right? And he remembers some quote about like, just break it into chunks and just do a little bit more, a little bit more. Right. And uh, so he did that for 30 more seconds and then 30 more seconds and then 30 more seconds. And now he's like two miles. And he's like, there's no way I can keep doing this. He goes, let me just run another quarter mile at this pace. Right. And he just kept doing that and kept doing until he was halfway done. And then when he was halfway done, he quickly connected to uh, the bigger vision of like, I can't believe I run. This far, like halfway at this pace, I think I could. He goes, I wonder if it's possible for me to get a personal best today, right? (laughs) But then he goes back to, let me just make it another half mile or another 30 seconds at this pace. And he kept doing it, kept doing it. And by the time he got to the last mile, he was so motivated and so fired up and so in flow that he's like, shit, let me just give it my all now. And he runs the last mile at like six minutes and 45 seconds or something like that. And ended up getting his personal best for a six mile stretch on a day where his body was telling him, I shouldn't even run today because I'm hurting and I'm so injured right now and I can't do it. And he got a personal best.
1: So crazy. (laughs) He was so present. Yes. Not thinking about like, yes, there's that resistance, right? But then when he adopts that mindset of just 30 more seconds, just 30 more seconds, Mm -hmm. like that is everything we've talked about today. One thing at a time, like just Mm -hmm totally lost in the process like yep. that is
0: so cool because if Love you're that. thinking when you're when you're running or doing here like that you're like oh my god i have two more miles or like another mile or three miles no 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 just think about that next step and go all right i can see i can I, i'll do this when i'm running sometimes i can see that next pull i can just keep running at this pace, at this pace until i get to that little landmarker right yeah but then once we're there well then the next one isn't very far away if we look all the way down the road the whole time we're not going to be able, we're not going to be able to do it we're going to feel overwhelmed and we're just going to go you know what? This
1: yes, is too hard. yes. And like Dorothy Parker, I hate running. Mm-hmm. I love having ran.
0: <laughs> that is just for <laughs> me. Like
1: running like feels so freaking good at the end for me, but man, I don't like it when I'm doing it. Right. Like, it's hard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the runner's high is real though.
0: <laughs> it, it is. Although I've heard some people talk about how they don't get it. I don't know. Oh, but really? I'm like, I've just not done it long enough because yeah, it's for real for me too. I definitely get it.
1: There's also like going back to key situation. There's, like, so much cool research on, like, that uh, that second wind, mm. right? Like, when oh, you yeah. think you've maxed, like, but it's, like, mm-hmm. he suddenly was, like, oh, shit, I'm going to hit a personal best. It's mm-hmm. so interesting. Because, because it's, this-
0: it's, like, then you get some, like, different brain chemical release, right? Yes. And then it just, then you have, like, this energy that you didn't know you were going to have. And, yeah, it's real. Right. Yeah, definitely
1: real. Right, right. All right, we well, we've we've gone, we've gone off the reservation. <laughs> Let's come back home. Okay, so um, another enemy of flow, negative narratives. If we're telling ourselves we can't do it. This sucks. God, this doesn't matter anyway. We're just working against ourselves, right? And you and I in other podcasts, we've talked about reframing, but yeah, like coming up with a positive narrative that um, supports us and that affirms that we're capable. I am a good writer. Like I love running. I, I want to do this marathon, like coming up with something that feels good um, can help us get into flow. Um, and I, some of the tips that I wrote down here um, to share, just creating like meaningful power statements. I think what Key did, that is a power statement, 30 more seconds, mm-hmm. 30 more seconds. Right. right. Or like, you know, we we're just talking about Kobe, like when he walks into Staples center, it's mm-hmm. like, like, I don't know what his power statement would be. He literally is the man. Like, Mm -hmm. he's like mambas in the building. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But something that's just like pumps you up, motivates you, feels supportive and encouraging. I think that's really powerful. Right. Were you about to say something? No, No, no. Okay um yeah so affirmations are huge power statements are huge and then coming up with a narrative that helps you stay aligned with um with the process so i think sometimes what helps me and you know the work we're doing with even building evolve it's like remembering that like building something great takes time like i have to tell myself that so when that helps me get into flow instead of like god this is taking forever Right. right it's kind of like we're building something epic. It's mm. going to take time, right? Yes. And that yes. that reframe helps me a lot. Um, do you use reframing in your personal life? And how do you see like narrative stuff showing up? I
0: mean, honestly, what you were talking about with Evolve comes up for me too, right? Yeah. Because it's like, I can feel like, oh my gosh, I need to do, we need to do this, this and this. There's so much. And then we just kind of like, we just kind of like just push through it. It's like, this is heavy thing on the to-do list versus like going like, this is going to take time. I'm just going to do this one thing right now. And like, what a cool thing that I'm getting to to do right now for even for like editing a podcast. Right. I'm like, this is fun. Right. Like right. as opposed to just like looking at it as like, you know, one of a million things that has to get done. So it's just, it just simply re like just, just, just re uh, focusing and re understanding like why I'm doing this or why it's so good. And so yeah, working on evolve, it's like one thing at a time, but once we really get into it and give it our all it's, so much fun to work on that one little thing at a time. And then just the successes just start to pile up and we're like, Oh my gosh, we've done this part of the business, this part of it, this part of it. Right. And then, and then you start to see momentum. But when we look at the whole, when we look at the thing as a whole, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's easily to go, Oh my gosh, this is taking forever. This is too much. And that's why people quit and stop doing stuff. Right. Right. And so, you know, it's, but truly like having, (laughs) having someone to it, for real it helps me so much having you to sometimes like keep me grounded with that or vice yeah, versa right. right and like it's 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 a lot easier when you have some someone else who's on track with you then sometimes when we're by ourselves we can just get lost in our head ego takes over and you know telling us that n- narrative of like this is too big this is too much this is too long i'm just gonna stop this is a yeah. waste of my time right right and yeah so that's It's where it's come up for me and having, having, having you helps a lot. Yeah.
1: I think like if you don't have a partner in business or the way that you work is more isolated, I think like taking the time in your journal practice or even as like a morning ritual, of like what stories am I telling myself? Mm -hmm. Like asking yourself that question. And, and I think if you're having a hard time you're like, damn, I don't remember the last time that I've been in flow. Right. Take a step what stories am I telling myself? Because you might be telling yourself that the work sucks, that it's too hard, that you'll never finish. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get into flow if those are the stories you're telling yourself.
0: Right. Right. And it is, I think it's setting aside that time to actually do that because we can all say we're going to do that. And then if we're just trying to do it while we're working or in the middle of our day, we're going to get lost. The the story's going to take over. It's kind of, you kind of need a little bit of quiet time to like, maybe Maybe you think about it while you're on a long walk or whatever. And you're like, I'm just going to really think about this and set my intention for this while I walk. Or maybe it's journaling. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, before you're going to meditate, right, and connecting to that. Or or maybe it's talking to someone and going like, hey, I just need to, like, just articulate to you right now, like, about this. I'm not looking for advice. I just want to share this. So, because for people that have been thinking for people that don't have a therapist, right, maybe right. that's not an option right now. Right. And they can just call anyone. They can talk. And it's like, I'm just feeling like I haven't been in flow lately. and Um, I'm worried that I might have some, like, you know, some stories that I'm telling myself or why I'm feeling disconnected. I would just like to just, just talk it out loud with you and just like, you know, just, we just, we just hear me out for a little bit. Love that.
1: Love that. Because it's not a question of, am I telling myself stories? Because we are storytellers. (laughs) We're telling ourselves stories all day long. And so it's just making sure that you are, yeah, that they're not negative narratives (laughs) that, that, that they're serving you because man, it's, it's easy to kind of get to that, like negative space totally um over the weekend one of the things i was like reading about is learned optimism which mm-hmm. it's so cool um i think sometimes we we know people in our lives that like yeah they look at clint has a glass of water here like they look at the cup half empty or half full and there's just like we kind of label people as that right and it's like no we can learn just like anything you know we can learn optimism and man like the way that that helps with performance mental health like mm-hmm. it's so there's a choice. Like we have choice in the way that we, you know, experience life. And in the stories we tell ourselves, it's just such a big responsibility when it comes to wanting to like kick ass at life, perform, get into flow, have fulfilling relationships. Like we have, we have to choose the narratives we subscribe to.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's, yeah, it's looking at the like, yeah, looking at the positive things and not necessarily like, oh my gosh, I have to do this, this, and this. And what can feel heavy. It can be like so much. I, I read when you were talking about this, it made me think about what I read recently, which is like, you know, take time to remember. Like, like I think it was, maybe I saw it on Instagram actually. Uh, it was, you know, remember right now that like, right now you have everything that you wanted a year ago. Right, right? Yeah. And we don't do that. We just, you know, so that that can be helpful too, yes. I think to like reframe like, You know, to see things in a positive light, to not look at us how much we have to do, but whoa, 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 step back and look at how far we've come, how much we've done. Right. And then just doing that can help us then get into flow because now you feel like you have momentum behind you instead of like this wall of obstacles in front of you.
1: Yes. Yes. And like obstacles are so temporary, (laughs) which is like a key component of learned optimism is remembering that stuff is temporary. Because man, we like, we act like we're going to be in it forever sometimes. Right. And even our resistance to writing. Or my resistance before going to the gym even that's temporary it's like katie there's never been a workout you regretted right right Right. Right. (laughs) so yeah i think narratives are huge um and that that's a nice segue too for like the next one which is lack of drive and motivation is a key driver for flow and clint you and i've talked about this but Being motivated is fleeting. Like we, I think that it would be nice to think every morning I wake up and I wanna make my bed and I want to (laughs) not look at my phone for the first two hours and I want to go on a walk and I wanna work out and I wanna read and then I wanna do the podcast and like that would be a beautiful day. But sometimes it's like, no, I wanna hit snooze and I wanna just scroll on Instagram and I wanna feel lazy and I want, you know, like it's hard sometimes. And so I think in those moments when we lack drive, we have to have discipline or at least processes in place that help us when we do lack drive. And I think sometimes we beat ourselves up for lacking drive or maybe Mm. we even question, should I be doing this project? And it's like, yes, you should be doing this project. Mm. You're just human. So connect to what drives you. And I think it goes back to like all of this stuff we've talked about, about what's your purpose? What's your why? Um, what can motivate you when you're in a funk? Is it turning on some loud music? Is right. it for you going to play with Kaya? Like what is, what is it? Right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Two things that jumped out at me as you're talking about that. One of them, it, what, the first one that jumped out at me with like the discipline thing and like the process is like the word that jumps out there is, is habit. Right. So like, yes. What is our, because that, the habits are what allow us to like get into the things that we want to get into doing without having to take the conscious effort or the bandwidth to do it when we don't feel like doing it, we don't want to do it. But some of those things just happen already. Maybe it's not all happening automatically, but as long as some of it's happening automatically, then we're having to use less bandwidth and less energy to do the next couple of steps, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, maybe I don't want to do all of the things I want to do in the morning to like make sure that my day starts off right. But if the first thing that I do is sit down with my coffee at my table, where my book and my journal are in front of me, I'm gonna pick up and open one of those things up, right? And so it's just going to increase the likelihood that I am going to have a more productive morning, do better things for myself, as opposed to walking over and sitting on the sofa or you know listening to you know some something to distract me or scrolling on social media. So the only habit that that takes is sitting (laughs) down at the table with my coffee right that's it and then and then there's some automatic things that are going to ha- happen from there right just from that one habit right right so yeah that can be really really helpful when like yeah discipline because discipline can be tough like that shit that's why you and I are doing 75 hard, right to like try to work on that discipline of like we can do things when we absolutely don't want to when our right. minds when our when our egos are telling us and correctly like what you're doing is dumb it's not even the best thing for your health it's not the best thing for your exercise it's not even the best thing for your physique it's just like it is literally just for the discipline thing right yes. so you know i think i think that the habit thing is um is really helpful Huge. but but you made a really good point about um you know when we don't feel like doing that and like really again being being mindful enough to connect to like what is it that I'm needing right now? Because I'm feeling like soul sucked or I'm feeling like just like really lethargic or stressed. Like, do I need exercise? Do I just need to like go walk in the sunshine for a little bit? Yeah. Um, you know, what's going to make me feel good or, or music, right? Like right. some sort of social connection. Do I have a phone call with someone for a few right. minutes? Right. And so it, it's having that awareness and then, and then giving ourselves what we need um, which will then just help get us right back on track.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think like changing your vibe, right? Like if I'm lacking motivation and drive, like I know the projects I'm doing are aligned with my vision for my future and what's important to me. Like I know that. Um, so that's not in question, but yeah, some days you're just in the funk. And so it's like, okay, do you need to, I don't know. I think, I think about with like COVID too, like, do you need to put on some regular clothes, Katie? Do you need to get out of mm-hmm. the yoga pants? Should right. you do your hair? Should right. you put on a little makeup? Like right. what's going to like like fire you up or like make you feel different? Yes. Um, so I think we have to take ownership for like changing our vibe. Um, there's also like a really cool um, mind hack that I I love this one, but it's imagining that someone that you look up to that is really driven is in the room. Mm-hmm. Like one of my clients really looks up to Obama and he was like, Sometimes when I don't want to work or I'm like taking shortcuts or Mm. I know I'm I pretend like Obama's watching me. Like, dude, if he was in my workspace, I would be killing it. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. And it's like you love Kobe. It's like if Kobe were here, like you would be like Mamba mentality every day, like sharp, clear, Mm -hmm. doing all the things. And so thinking about like who, like, who that is in your life, and Mm -hmm. imagine that they're next to you at work by your computer or they are you, they're your roommate
0: <laughs> I love that you said that because like I definitely had the like what would Kobe do Where we think about like what would our hero or whatever do yeah. in a situation right but that's the next level of it of like <laughs> pretend they're watching and be like oh wow well, I feel lazy right now I, I should <laughs> better jump up and get going because you know I if they're watching you don't want to let them down right and so right. so it's a different aspect to add to that I like that
1: yeah so good so good um all right lastly and this just makes so much sense but man if we don't take care of ourselves we can't get into flow Mm -hmm. if my stomach is growling if i'm running on three hours of sleep Mm -hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be real difficult for me to get into flow and to maintain it right and so we have to value our well-being and i think a lot of this like we talked about stress earlier and mental health, but Man yeah, making sure that you exercise, making sure that you sleep, making sure that you're putting the right things in your body that you're taking um that you're tuning to your energy levels that's important if you want to get into flow
0: one hundred percent because I mean flow state is literally like a scientifically provable state that is not going to happen when we're not actually optimizing energy prop you know properly right and so our body has to have energy like there might be times we can get a lot of work done or might be times where like feel like or think we're in flow but like if you're not taking care of these things it, there, there's no way that you're operating at your peak performance state or even if you can tap into it for a minute it's not going to be as sustainable for a long period of time or you're not going to be able to get into it frequently so yeah all, all of these things are huge and i mean i think sleep is probably the the most important
1: one it is and you know as we were developing the the workshop, you, for Evolve, Clint and I are going to be teaching some of the science of flow um, for high performance to organizations. And sleep loss from just one night, one night of sleep loss impacts your ability to get into flow. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh man, I have to be sleep deprived for weeks before it impacts right. my performance. One no, one night, mm-hmm. right? So we have to prioritize that and value that. I'm sure we can do another podcast on sleep and yeah. a lot of this stuff, but man, if you want, to get into flow, got to take care of yourself.
0: Yes, uh, absolutely.
1: Any closing thoughts, Clint, from you on the enemies of flow or any, anything that stands out?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, just the, just, it it just taking, taking a little bit of time just to kind of like set up whether, so that's, that can be like physically and mentally, right. To set our attention, connect to our why, and then to like set up our environment. So we're going to be in a flow state, right? So the, the it just, it just that quick pause to do those things before we just jump right into it. Um It's like that, that moment or two that we're going to feel like we're sacrificing is just going to pay dividends, you know, so, so many more times over when we're actually getting into a work and then getting into flow.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I think for me, like my, my last thought um from today is I think what stops me from getting into flow is myself
0: <laughs> so? and
1: it's, it's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think like what you shared, um, I think it's a Jay Shetty quote, or at least he posted a lot, which is like, think about like, take a second to acknowledge, like you are where you wanted to be a couple years ago or a right. year ago. And I think like remembering that like on days where maybe I don't want to show up and do the podcast or I don't want to do something for social media for the podcast, or I don't want to write for evolve. It's like, mm. Oh my God. Like, You are literally like, you know, 28 year old Katie would have been like a podcast. You have your own coaching and therapy business. (laughs) You're building like, so I would have dreamt for that you have that much freedom and flexibility with your schedule Then it's like fuck yeah let's yeah, go <laughs> yeah that's
0: amazing not just a year ago but like yeah like 28 <laughs> year old version of yourself oh would my like, god you'd would, would be like no way I'm gonna get to live my dream life for real right you know and so yeah that's uh, that's a really a good point yeah right
1: so yeah, yeah I, I realize I'm my biggest obstacle to flow which I think anyone listening to this you kind of realize that you probably are in your own way um but mm-hmm. yeah take take the time to, to acknowledge where where you're Resisting and and what's getting in your way, and then remember that you have the choice to do something differently.
0: Definitely,
1: yeah. All right. Um, if you liked this podcast and you learned something, please share it with your friends and family. Follow us on Instagram at the space underscore underscore between podcast. Um, that's on IG and on Facebook. It's just the space between podcast. Um, hope everyone is doing well and the world's opening up. And we will see you out there on the path. Take care, everybody.